So it's come to this. That's wildly inappropriate for the tone of the movie we're going to be talking about. Sorry, I was flying by the seat of my pants there. That was... So you default to like a Bella Lugosi uh, <laughs> Dracula. Yeah, that's a... that's what I do. That's how this works. I'm so, Charlie. I'm Eric. Uh, this is a movie podcast, a wildly inappropriate one, apparently. Look, everyone, I want to apologize. <laughs> I feel I'm afraid you got the wrong. The accents from of Charlie us. Swanson do not represent yeah. the <laughs> views Look, Charlie, of. So it's come Charlie's to this, known podcast. for his funny morning show level radio voices. Well, thanks. <laughs> but uh, you know. <laughs> We don't let them drift in. I'm an idiot. In I'm an idiot. Don't worry. Don't worry. We uh, we recently had one of our movie parties. Oh, we love our those. fun movie parties. And this one, uh, we had our horror day in October. And that was great. It was a <laughs> successful day. And then two months later, we reconvened for another one. And everybody just wanted to watch horror movies again. It's the first time that's happened. Yeah. We'd, we were greedy for it. We were <laughs> thirsty for the horror. So we had a horror movie uh, December, and we saw some gems. It was a good day. That was a good it was day. It was a strong day. But my favorite, I don't know, was it your favorite for the day? Because this one stood out a cut above. That's a hard one me. to say. I, it, this, uh, well, the movie is. From 1982, the German film The Fan. Or Der Fan. Der Fan. Der Fan. Uh, this movie was such a departure from everything else we saw on that horror movie day. We saw yeah. a lot of stuff that was like 80s or 80s uh, adjacent. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of summer 84 when we watched that. <laughs> yeah. Modern, but takes place in the 80s. A lot of mm-hmm. 80s teen yeah. stuff. Uh, Bloody Birthday. Sure, was, with kids. Uh, the, was yeah. watched Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. That's a fun one. Was the first one I could we see watched us doing today. an episode I, of that. I think a, a Sleepwalkers episode is in order. Um, but yeah, this one was unlike any of the other ones <sighs> in that it felt more like an art house film, very than, than a horror movie. Um, but it, well, at least it started out that way, and it, then it very much got into some of the darker territories of this horror mo- that this I've, movie hit I've me experienced. Deep. This was powerful stuff. Uh, I've been wanting to see this for years. Hmm. I have been proposing this movie as a pick for some of our movie days for probably like three years now. And they just keep getting edged out by something else or not getting watched. Or I think last year on our horror day, it was the sixth movie on the schedule and we only made it to five. So some it's come like so close. But for some reason, I really some movies I just really want to see with a group, hmm. and this one, you know, it would have really affected me if I watched it privately. But I really liked that I finally that I waited and we got to watch it all together, and we all got to share this hypnotic, uh, 
powerful experience of a movie so much better than i than i was hoping for yeah well definitely not what i was expecting it's basic story of a teenage girl who uh you know is obsessed with a, yeah. a pop star uh, named r r just the letter r very cool uh this is yeah in 82 so th- this is like new wave uh kind of pop music dude this is and the music is very heavy in the in the movie. She's always got headphones on, and she's always listening to the music. So you're hearing the same three or four musical yeah, cues he, over and Ours over. album soundtracks the like every scene of this movie. Right. She is constantly listening to this music, only this music, on a repeated loop in her brain. And it's cool electro kind of craft work, Charlie, new wave. Let me tell you, I love it. Let me tell you, please. I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time just because I liked the sound of it. Uh, I, I I trust the Blu-ray company that released it. This mm. great company called Mondo Macabro. Um, uh, they they do amazing work with a lot of markets uh, that are more untapped, like Indonesia horror sure, and these right. kind of things. You know, and this is German horror. You know, the the you know Italy is is well tapped mm-hmm. for their horror releases, and these are extended parts of our favorite genre totally and so i love what they do and they released this one as one of their like big special edition blu-rays and i've just been like oh i trust their judgment i was excited to see it and i loved this story of teenage obsession and like you know to get a little little personal not not being a weirdo but being going through <laughs> being a teenager and just feel like getting obsessed over something whether it's a girl or you know a tv show mm-hmm. or something and feeling that kind of uh you know man i love the simpsons i've watched those episodes eight nine times in a row memorized lines that kind of thing that's that's a level of obsession right you know and seeing this teen be so intensely into this thing that she basically has no control over it seeing this kind of addiction you know, it's, you know, makes me, made me, it was just constantly making me think of the things that I was obsessed with wrestling. Still mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. What if that obsession just carried farther? <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like that big of a push. Mm-hmm. It seems like something that can easily happen to a teen. Well, as we open the movie, she's waiting on the corner and we see that she's at a post office. Yeah. And we see that she's waiting for the mailman to bring her the return letter that she's expecting R to write her because she's written him so many letters. So that's where she's at. Every day she just stands outside the post office yeah. waiting to see if in, she gets a letter. This is a girl in high school. She's supposed to be in school. She just routinely <clears throat> skips class, skips school to go to the post office multiple times a day because she has written R so many times. Right. Very intense letters. And that when, she that she keeps she the movie starts at such a desperate low point, and you kind of immediately got that sense with a movie like um, it reminded me of Bad Lieutenant, <laughs> where we open up and Harvey Keitel's like in a crack apartment, and then he's like naked because he's just high on crack, <laughs> and then we're just like, oh geez, this is like the first three minutes of this. <laughs> we are starting at this guy's point. This. Just naked, naked apartment crack singing. Oh, gosh. And already with this girl, she's already going to the post office like 
four times she's a day. She's already deep in the obsession. Yeah. Right, exactly. She she's keeps, already... Because she knows that this time is when he's going to write back after all. Oh, so we're already in this. And that music. So, I love Krautrock. It is one of my absolute favorite genres. That is... That adjacent to horror movie scores make up a significant portion of my music listening. Hmm. And I'm a big music guy. But all those bands, Kraftwerk, you know, Manuel Goetsching. We did have Krautrock movies. Werner Herzog always used Popolva. Okay. Yeah, yeah. uh, You know, so you got the great Aguirre score and, you know, uh, so... Prague or uh, Kraut bands had done other scores, but Kraut horror. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know such a thing. We got Prague rock horror with Goblin, you know, doing all the Argento movies. Oh yeah, we movies. got plenty of that. A lot of Prague rock. Rick Wakeman did the burning score. Prague rock has seeped into horror. Kraut rock, like my favorite genre of music, <gasps> scoring a horror movie. Oh, and it's that, yeah, early 80s new wave kind of kraut rock. So it's less motoric, but more has that same harmonic lilt that uh, the main song that we hear, one of the main songs, there's mm-hmm. a lot. There's four that play a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Kraftwerk song Europe Endless on Trans Europe Express is this high robotic lilting melody. And you got that sweet high pitched synthesizer on these R songs. The wee. It's right. the soothing angelic music. It's that same kind of angelic hue that the Popova scores had in these Herzog movies. And it just gave such a mood mm-hmm. to this movie. I was in heaven the entire time. I was hypnotized. That's... Well, and then she is such a, the, the character, uh, Simone is the yeah. girl's name. Uh, she is one of the more kind of disaffected uh, in her own world characters I've ever seen. She yeah. she kind of just lays around for the first hour of yeah. the movie listening to this music. She's laying on park benches. She's just uh, ignoring, her, ignoring her family. While not doing any of her tests. Yeah, just kind of wandering the streets. She's just staring off into space yeah. listening to this music. So you're kind of getting in her headspace of just of living and breathing this music. Yeah. And yeah, you are ev- really inundated. In yeah. their, you're, it's immersion into Simone's life mm-hmm. that was really powerful and really felt like uh, the kind of movies that I was really getting strong connections to, which only made me fall in love with it quicker. Uh, there's a 70s movie called Jeanne Dealman and then her, her address, and it's a three-hour movie oh, okay. of this it, Criterion, you know, released it. Uh, just a, you know, five-day stretch in this woman's life that uh, is mundane at many times and, you know, ends, un, you know, surprisingly, but not in ways you'd expect. But you just kind of get so into her routine. You see what she does every day, and it has this hypnotic effect. Mm-hmm. And you become so much more sucked into this story of seemingly not much happening. And that's kind of what this girl has nothing going on right? other than this. But the way the movie's structured, I just kept getting sucked farther into her whole being, even though her whole being was so narrow. <laughs> it was just R. Right. It's it could have been boring, but I was never bored by it. It was it's I, very it's slow, but I uh, yeah, there's something about her passive nature was just kind of intriguing. The actress was amazing. 
Mm -hmm. And she was, we found out she was only 16 at the time, right? Or was that a, is that a thing that I started spreading? That's what out? you told me. I she thought was I, I thought she I was born that. in uh, sixty five. So, so if the movie was released eighty two years later, she was at most seventeen. So sixty five, seventy five. Yeah, she wasn't twenty. She was yeah, would have been seventeen. <laughs> so yeah, she was high yeah. school age yeah. in the movie, and was already came off as. Uh, I didn't recognize. I don't know her name. I looked up her credits, and she does. You know, don't really know her. She's uh, her name is. Desiree a Nosbusch. A lot of German stuff. Uh, yeah, she was born. She's from Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. She uh, was incredible for such a young yeah. actress. It was such a commanding. The movie was her. She oh, was yeah. the movie. Every shot, basically. And she, <laughs> she, she was perfect. I mean, nailed this character. This felt just like a documentary mm. of this person that doesn't exist. Totally. It, she added such a realism to it and this powerful yearning without being you know and it's classic teens not being understood but she was a step beyond that Mm -hmm. and oh and that you just got that kind of pulsing dreamy score and i love the new wave touches like how we get to see r's performances yeah yeah so she actually meets r well but before we get to actually the meeting Uh, the meeting I love how they integrated R's performances in the movie. Like it was, it was oh, just like her, her watching like, him on TV. And yeah, stuff. And yeah, so yeah. I like when you know the movie looked beautiful. The transfer was great, and mm-hmm. the colors looked so amazing. Yeah, and but I like how we see the R performance on the grainy 1982 uh, sure. German television. And we see him in posters, and we see him. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we get his image a lot. Yeah, I get we that. are. We are. It's not cutting to like a a dream where he's performing live, and you know we aren't seeing these. We're just getting him through the TV, him through magazines, right. him through you know these pictures that she cuts out to paste on her many collages. Mm-hmm. Well, that's R. the only way she has access to it. Exactly. Right. right. And so then it all builds to her. She's getting worse and worse at school. You know, we don't really totally know how much time's gone by, but it feels very quick feels like we're seeing the final week of her yeah. descent into full-blown. Yeah, I got the sense like, it was yeah, only about a, a week or maybe a month at the mm-hmm. most of, of so, this. Yeah. And that's where the movie kind of felt like uh, the film Obs- uh, Possession with Sam Neill and, most importantly, Isabel Adjani. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that came out a year before and had that same kind of descent hmm. into just full craze now possession was much more like a cronenberg kind of horror this is much more uh, like a visceral non-body horror until <laughs> but uh well <laughs> yeah we uh so we get the meeting and i don't know what i was thinking i guess i was i was kind of surprised it got to even that because the movie had just lulled me into like oh this girl's gonna just be a suicide well i don't know what i th- was yeah. expecting but the way that she kind of finally meet, i guess he comes to the local you know tv station to record well, i think she ran away to like Berlin, oh yeah she run, yeah she gets on a train or something so she right? goes she, she takes runs off runs away that's to right. the city that's right uh so, so she goes to the tv she, studio where they record it it from the top, looks of it it looked like pop. yeah top pop top pop so it's like real show big in germany uh, yeah, yeah yeah it's like top of the pops yeah, yeah. in uh britain cool stuff so they're big it's their big variety performance show it's a huge right. deal so she is there when he comes, and, and uh, R, the singer, is 
signing autographs, sees her. And I, I didn't know if this was going to be real or a fantasy. Yeah, I, I, I thought like it the was, whole movie kind of felt like a, like it could have been a fantasy super dream. Super dreamy. So he, it's he, that Kraut Rock, baby. He walks right up to her and it's Ryan Gold takes her in. And yeah, so the band is Ryan Gold and, and Bodo Stagger yeah, was, was he, R. As himself. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. as R, the as pop R. singer himself. Yeah. But then their next album was the score to yes. this movie. This is the most band involved flick ever. They, I guess they released like four albums in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were a, a hit in Germany. Yeah. At the time for that, for that, yeah, genre. it was like a popular they band doing a movie, yeah, doing an, a teen obsession movie with an actual teen. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty because pretty because ours is not. It's not like he's coming on and he's like this saintly, loving guy. You quickly kind of find out that R sees her as someone he can have a shag with. Yeah, a conquest kind uh, of thing. So, but uh, she. So it must be pointed out, she. This girl is cool. <laughs> this girl is the kind of girl that I'd be intimidated by if I was a 16-year-old in this class. Yeah. Watching this girl not take her test, walk out right past <laughs> just teachers. not give a fuck. And just have, like, cool-ass high-waisted jeans with, like, si- she looked like East German Chrissy Hind. Totally. Just Total always cool had look. the headphones either on or around her neck. Yeah. I love she had her little... like shag and bangs. Yeah. Like <laughs> cool freaking character. If I was in that girl's like sociology class, I'd be like, shit, I'm, I'm never talking to Simone. <laughs> Simone's way too cool for me. See the way she just told that to you? This girl's a bad girl. She is cool. <laughs> she is cool. And so. She probably smokes cigarettes. So there is that element. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is that element that R seems a little bit hypnotized by her. Oh, I get like, that. This girl is actually meeting the object of her obsession, and she is actually playing it. She faints. Yeah. <laughs> she faints. She does do that first. There is that. But from there on, she's a cool cucumber. She plays this as cool and cash as you can. And it seems like <laughs> Well, because it is she's like, so passive, she just sits there. Yeah. She's this she's like the she right amount of transfixed yeah. that is just making her seem mysterious. Mm-hmm. So true story. Um This is two strokes related stories. Okay. I was talking about teen obsession. I remember years ago, it was probably O two, O three, went to I had to kill time at the mall while my tires were getting changed. And I walked into the music store there. And they were playing the Strokes album, Is This It? Mm -hmm. And the album ended after I'd been there for a couple songs. And then the girl behind the counter walked over, pushed a button, and Is This It? started over from the beginning. And the dude working with her says, Going through it again, huh? (laughs) She goes, Yep. And he's like, do you ever listen to another album? And she's like, nope. Three years later, that music store was closing. They were getting having all these clearance, you know, albums and stuff. So I went in there. That girl was working there. And is this it was playing. <laughs> this girl did nothing for four years. Holy cow. But work in a dying mall music store listening to the same album over and over again. So I get this teen rock star obsession. I've seen it, man. And my sister was obsessed with the Strokes. Not to the level of that. But it was her favorite <laughs> that band. That you know of. Yeah. It was her favorite band. Interesting. My sister went on a school trip. 
to fuck Julian Universal Universal. Yeah, so his sister, Drew Barrymore, ended up marrying one of these strokes. <laughs> yeah. School trip with uh, with all her best friends, and they're at like Universal Studios or one of those things. Uh, senior trip. The strokes are standing in line in front of them. Oh my God. In the line for like the NASA shuttle experience. Oh my Lord. It's at, like, Epcot Center, I think. Her favorite band in the world, a world with six billion people, is just standing <laughs> sneaker to sneaker in line in front of her. That's crazy. All of the strokes. <laughs> All of them. Just hanging out, going to Epcot Center NASA rides. Man. While being, like, a, some random teen girl. What are the freaking odds? If that girl at the music store had been there, she yeah, would have lost it. That's what it. I'm saying. That's why these two connected stories of like, I know somebody who just bumped into the strokes. I also know somebody who only thinks like, oh. That's great. The world is cruel. And The Fan is a weird, cruel movie. Mm. Oh. Yeah, this, well, that's why I was saying ours does not come off as a good guy because no. he clearly is using her. You know, I think they kind of played it down the line. Yeah. Because there was some times where I thought he was really, like, genuinely immediately taken mm. with her. I think the uh, movie wrote it pretty down the line for me. Okay. While I was watching. It felt like he was clearly a, a user, and he was clearly a guy who knew he was a, a big deal. Sure. He knew his power. But he also genuinely seemed like... I mean, he did run away with her, kind of, from a tour that they didn't want him to run away from. And it didn't feel like the need, like, that guy didn't feel like the level of star that had to, like, secretly trick a girl into coming back to an empty mansion. Yeah. Like, it seemed like a guy had access to groupies. So it felt like he was actually transfixed with Simone, to me. Well, so he does, yeah, he, he... Says he's calling off this tour and a photo shoot that they have to do. He takes Simone to a friend's house. A friend who lives in America now, so he just has this empty estate. They have this long, protracted, weirdly unsexual sexual experience. I don't know, man. Some of that was intense. Once they were getting into close-ups, it was just a bunch of skin. It to me, well, to me, she just she remains so passive that it just creeped me. It was it was like. Watching it hurt through Watching her a robot eyes or something. where she's acting like she still can't believe this is happening. Yeah. They never, it it's, hits that point where we realize for 25 minutes now, we don't know if they're taking us on this weird dream journey. Exactly. Because she's such, like you say, a passive character, but in what I think was an intriguing way. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. I was, was intrigued. I was, was, I was just, never bored or anything, like I said. It was It was in a dream where you want to keep following <laughs> what is happening. Like, well, I wanted I to want see to what keep... was behind that curtain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, knew... you knew something was going to break bad here. Something had to break. <laughs> we were... It can't... It has no logical conclusion without something breaking. Mm-hmm. It was going too fast, too far. In the wrong direction. Exactly. It was going into danger, so you knew there was a danger approaching. And uh, I can't uh, say that I would have seen it coming. My attraction of this movie was that I saw a few stills from it, thought it looked gorgeous, got the Blu-ray, 
and uh, just liked the idea of a teen obsession story. Mm-hmm. It sounded intriguing. What we got, I was not expecting. Once she, spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoilers, guys. Does For not real. take her realization that she got used very well. No. She does not take it well. They seem to me to have a genuine connection. And I was wondering if this movie was going to continue going off into this barreling, unrealistic dream of rock star picks girl out of crowd, is immediately entranced, quits the business and runs it. Like, I thought like, oh, wow, this could be going there. And then we get some harsh wake up scene and she's comatose in a. Right. I, was, I thought that's where it was headed. I was expecting that. I will tell you that as soon as they entered the house. Yeah. They the camera makes sure to show you the instrument of. Oh, it and, you and see as that soon as statue? I saw that statue, I knew exactly what was going to happen with that statue. It was it was very much like showing you the gun. Got it. Uh, so they but, t- yeah, they took the different route, and she when she finds out that he's going back on tour after all, yeah, and isn't going to be hanging out he's with like, her. Oh, well, you know they actually do need me. I'm going to go. You know what I thought about it. This is a big deal. You could stay here though. Yeah, and yeah, he so very he basically much just... offers her an F pad. And says, I'll call occasionally and be back through every few months. So it's literally like, stay here all you want. I'll be back to... So he sets her up. And then you realize, oh, this is not probably his first time setting up a situation like this. He seemed to handle that very precise. I think there was a lot... For me, there was a lot of glances between him and the people he was working with in the studio and before that where they were all like, this is the one you got for this time. Yeah. I I saw a lot of that You really did see a growing amount of like... And, of course, from our perspective, it was the movie managed to walk this balance of us seeing it as, like, these girls know this dude has history. Yeah. We are seeing his history on the faces of these women. But we're also seeing the movie from Simone's point of view, where Simone just sees these women as, like, get out of my fucking way. Right. Like, you're not messing this up for me. Right. She like, sees them all, yeah, giving dirty glances to her as like if she's, she's the jealous. competition. Yeah. They yeah. are all jealous of me. And so... We're, as the viewer, feeling both of these conflicting things at the same time. Yeah. And I love that tightrope the movie kept walking. So when she finally breaks and murders him, pretty pretty gruesome murder. Pretty pretty great. Really, the movie, like, oh, we did get here. I love that uh, it was a great moment for me because, again, even as he's walking down the hallway to go out the door, she's si- kind of silently following him and never really getting emotional she's really just absorbing this news she yeah exactly and with realization that he's leaving and she kind of just breaks at once and kind of there's this weird like double scream she does like she's yeah she screams once he stops but doesn't really turn around so she doesn't get a reaction i guess that she's looking for screams again and then hits him in the head with this statue i i really love it was just such a like oh moment of her just that's that was a really opening one of the most powerful scenes in the movie for me because she gets told this news that oh actually this isn't long term uh but hey you know free place right right she has her awakening and she's a she's a child she's 15 16 years old and so she just screams you she hits Mm. this point where she doesn't know what to do next you know, almost like a pre- temper tantrum yeah. or, or something. You, you have know? a tantrum. You she you wake up to like yeah, yeah. the fact that you're still a kid. 
Because the screams were very much like stomping feet, like, you know, I'm not getting what I want. Mm -hmm. And I love that they, yeah, she's like a 15-year-old. She doesn't, like, she's not grown up yet. And, uh, you know, we're, because we're kind of lured into her side, even when Mm -hmm. we know she's taking the very wrong side. Oh, absolutely. We just know it's not going to work out. And, but even then, I didn't know where we were headed. Well, right. When she does finally, uh, she sticks him with the statue. Mm -hmm. Then the movie, to me, that's when the movie really just jumps into that next level of horror. It's amazing. Because we get this long, drawn-out sequence of her dragging his body. Yeah. Of her kind of, well, what? She she comes up with a way to get rid of the body. So, yeah, <laughs> she realizes that. Which then I thought was like, yeah, okay. So she's come up with a way to get rid of the body. She doesn't even consider. This is kind of a theme. You talk about women not wanting to deal with the cops. <laughs> she doesn't. I don't think it even crossed her mind to be like, you know, this is a pretty easy like self defense kind of situation. She can explain this pretty easy. A rock star, but, you know, she goes right to, like, well, he said I can stay in this house as long as I want. Right. So I can chop up his body (laughs) and dispose of it by eating him (laughs) until every piece of him is gone and there's no more evidence left that he was ever here. Mm Mm-hmm. That's big. <laughs> that is a big, crazy step that I was not prepared for, and I was in. It was, and it's done in such a way that you first, it's, again, it's very slow and drawn out, and it's got this dark, the darkest music of the movie, where it's just yeah. kind of this buzzing, uh, droney sound going, and she's got this turkey carver, electric carver, yeah, and you see her just methodical it's the methodical way that she's doing it which is what's really disturbing she's carving this dude just in the same way that she's been kind of languishing around and and being staring off into space she's kind of doing that as she's doing this and you just see her face uh, while this is happening yeah it's not i don't remember it's not gory you aren't seeing meat getting sliced into really but you see the great shot of there's like a chest freezer and she's like put you know so you would see the limb her putting the limb in the freezer mm-hmm. a little bit or or yeah and then no. uh, and then yeah there's like a great shot of like his head in the in the freezer real quick <laughs> um, but then so that that was where I was like wow cool like cutting up the body and being creepy and like licking the blood off the carver like whoa yeah. creepy and then it cuts to like. Her basically like cooking the foot yeah, in the just, oven, just grilling it up. And to me, I was like, the foot. <laughs> We're starting <laughs> yeah. with the foot. You're, that's the part of the well, body you, you want to so, eat. So first, oh, let eat. me say, I know exactly the part of the body I would eat first. But okay, what's <laughs> what's your question? Okay, well now I feel I have to address that because what's your strategy here? If you decide you have to eat the whole body, you don't want to start with all the good parts. Oh, I see. Because then you're going to be left with all the duds. Mm. If you are going to eat every inch of a dude, like you got to mix it up. You got to go some bad to then reward yourself with like a good, you know, fleshy thigh or something. But she just puts the foot like in a pan yeah. and is like and is like basting it like a turkey. Uh-huh. 
I, I mean, make it into a soup or so. You know, make a stew out of no, that. No, she's thing. knife and fork in this. Book, she's man. just yeah. She just. I I love that she didn't go. They didn't have her go to the level of mentally deficient crazy. It didn't show her like slowly rubbing blood on her face by mm. you know. She licks the knife clean, but once she's like going to business, she's business first. <laughs> once she comes up with this plan. It is like, uh, like, well, gonna have to eat this guy. Like, this could take. A like, while. it was such a natural progression of things. Yeah. Like, my fandom means I get to be with this guy, and then yeah, yeah, consuming him quite literally. Yeah, literally, consuming piece by piece, him. and the great bit of her taking the bones and cutting up the bones and grinding them yeah. into a, a powder. Dude, was I the only one that thought she was going to mix those into, like, protein shakes? Well, sure. I thought we were going to get another 20 minutes of her, like, real-time eating this dude. It goes on a while. Yeah. She the is, whole bit. And like I said, she is professional about it. She's yeah. just sitting down. because she's Calm, that same passive yeah, kind of. She's just, just uh, like a housewife sitting alone at the kitchen table, just, like, cutting into her foot. <laughs> sitting there in like a nice dress just like she's looney tunes but they didn't have her act like a total lunatic That's she's great. just as crazed like well yeah i'm gotta eat this dude so i might as well not complain about this it is, this he has is to get so yeah she's grinding up these bones, part of the and plan I was like god she's gonna be making this into so much stuff it was gonna be so much crap like i could bones. like yeah the whole time it was like this was must have been so time consuming yeah yeah it's the same realization when you know, you're watching Groundhog Day, and then it hits you just like, like man, he could have been doing this for like 10,000 years. Right. You know, once it hits you how long <laughs> this movie could actually be for him to do all that stuff, just like it becomes so much deeper. Well, how many and- people do you think Bill Murray ate? In his ten thousand, like at some point, he only, yeah, right. When he's at like, some point you, he's when like, do you, when do you try to eat a person? I'm just gonna live this day again. Ned Rylerson or whatever will be back the next day. <laughs> Never eating a guy. I'm gonna go crazy today. <laughs> and this girl just Fuck spends it. like for as long as for as all we know, this could have been like a you know, eighteen month thing, because she's just there. <laughs> she's just there it. casually eating this guy in sensible portions and then uh it's not like she's getting fat off this guy she's just making sensible meal portions yeah. for months absolutely she's not gorging guy. yeah she's not yeah exactly she's very like i said she's the, the methodical way about anything, it a very sensible cannibal God, i cannot stop thinking about bill murray just eating people in groundhog day now <laughs> shit like just, he must have gone into some dark places. Steven Tobolowski the face. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day horror crossover. We're it's in it's just, in our podcast. Just eating that old That's man. our idea. <laughs> That's our property now. All right. The Groundhog, if you were stuck in the same day. The over Groundhog and over, Day you horror reboot. Dark shit. That's our idea. <laughs> Nobody else's idea. Um I love it. Yeah. The fan it handles its descent into madness with such dignity and grace that, oh, it just made it so much more powerful for me. Yeah. And we get the beautiful scene of her returning home to her parents. Yeah, she goes home after this, after this whole ordeal. She shaved her head for some reason. That part yeah. I did not get. She dumps his ashes in memorialized places. 
Right. The studio where she's, they met. She's taking this bag of bone dust around with her. Just a plastic bag. Just like a shopping bag. Yeah, just a Ziploc. bones. Getting some looks from people doing it. Uh-huh. I love the bit where there was like another group of people, like maybe with some other popular person. Yeah. Well, because ours dead now. There's right. a new pop so there's star There's a new now. pop star. And she's kind of at the back of the group dumping the powder on the ground. And this one girl in the group keeps looking at yeah, her. Yeah, keeps looking back like, what is happening? And it like, was like, did they not tell? Like, was uh-huh. this an extra that they didn't tell her one girl not, to pay, very, not to do that? All the other girls were like screaming and looking forward. And one girl was just like, I better keep an eye on this. Yeah, just kept looking behind her like, what is this chick yeah. doing? Yeah, going back to her so parents weird. and... Just like this, like... Oh, and the, that's the craziest part of the movie, though. When she goes back to her parents, and her dad's like, yeah, we didn't put out a missing persons report or anything. Didn't want to shake things up. Didn't yeah. want to ruffle any feathers. And she's so just over it all, just going, I'm going to go back to school tomorrow. Like, oh, she got over it. We're good. <laughs> she really worked through her feelings. Yeah. I get the weird sense that she's going on to actually better things. I got the weird sense at the end of the movie that's like, she she might be better for this. Well, you know what happens at the end of the movie. Oh, what? She's pregnant. Oh, yeah. She's oh, pregnant right, with yeah. the baby. She has it, huh? And From her she, one... Uh... She doesn't just consume him. She's now going to give birth to the new him wow. in her mind. Yeah. That's messed up. So we're up. having... We're having some messed up sequels. That's messed It's going to be like, up. we need to talk about Kevin reboot we need to talk about kevin's mom yeah <laughs> we need to talk about simone kevin we need to talk about simone man this movie hit me That's... i was i was i was hooked from second one yeah and this it it's one of those movies that just keeps getting better in my mind so do you have the soundtrack or is there a uh, have, have have we been able to find any ryan gold yeah there's vinyl there's, out there uh ryan gold vinyl is pretty rare but uh, it's a soundtrack that's it's readily available. Okay. Uh, it's we'll a, and pick it up. it's a good one. And the two versions. So the and Rheingold's uh, first album. This was their second. Uh, there's two versions, and I think most releases have both versions because they recorded them in German and in English. Oh yeah, attempting yeah. A I noticed right. I noticed some of the songs would be in German and then some would be in English. Yeah, I think even in the movie. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So I think in I think the two releases of those two albums, which are really good, uh, have both versions on each one. Cool. But I don't know the German. I've been listening to the German one throughout this throughout the week. Uh, the The song that plays is the theme throughout this. I think is really good. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite uses of a song in a movie. I think it added so much to the overall tone and feel. I think it's really important. Almost as important as the actress playing Simone. Like oh, that yeah. That movie, if the music didn't work, I don't think the movie works. Well, yeah, because like you said, they play that that one particular theme. I know what you, I know the uh-huh. one you're talking about. It kind of starts with that kind of crescendoing kind of uh, opening. They play that thing probably six, seven, eight times in yeah. the movie. So if it doesn't work, then it's, yeah, it ruins. Yeah, including like full cuts of it. Yeah. She's just listening. To, this is a soundtrack to her life. And if these songs blow, or even half of them are no good, it's just like, oh, man, she's like skipping, fast forwarding through the right. tape. You know, like she's just obsessed. I did have that thought where it was like, I'm obsessed with this band. I like three songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really like these three songs. Just specifically these ones. <laughs> this one. I like the fourth Harry Potter. I like Potter the instrumental book. version of this one. And then the. Yeah. the... <laughs> and so if those. But I, I loved. Mm. The Rheingold in this one. I loved it. It's the, it's like if uh, uh, there is 
uh, Crow Rock album I have uh, with Brian Eno and Harmonia. Hmm. Uh, and it's this, it sounds like this. Cool. It's so good. Well, I want to check it and out. And so this is like if Harmonia scored a, a crazy cannibal horror movie, which is perfection. Yeah. Every word I say about this makes me realize how much more I love this movie. <laughs> it was so good. One of the best over deliveries ever. I had high hopes in this like. Whew. Right. Oh, so if if you want to, if you're a crazed fan, the Blu-ray is still available from Mondo Macabro. Uh, that's where I got it. It looks gorgeous, and the extras are plentiful, and the sound is amazing. But it is also available on other sites. Mm. Uh, I know this is probably one of the more obscure movies we've done. Uh, this might be our first foreign language film, even. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've actually, done... Uh, uh, might be right. Uh, anything other than American movies up till now, but... Yeah, yeah. So, and, and it's obscure and foreign, which I know people have weird hang-ups about certain genres. Uh, seek it out. I, absolutely I, I think this is a must yeah like this this one is just a movie that i keep loving more and more as i think about it so yeah go out of your way if you somehow got to this point i haven't seen it i, I don't think you'll be disappointed yeah I, and i don't think us talking about it like this is going to spoil anything because mm-hmm. it uh has such an atmosphere and has such a yeah presence when you're watching it that that's really the strength of it over any kind of yeah plot. i mean it was I mean, very a, surprising uh, some of the turn of events like they were shocking uh, for sure it's a very shocking movie uh but even knowing them i mm-hmm. i would have uh i was so enraptured by the whole presence of the movie anyway i could have right. known the full plot and been sucked in the whole time just seeing how it was gonna look when that happened it was a great movie yeah i need to <laughs> We need to look more into this German cinema thing. It's a <laughs> it's a blind spot, you know. German and cinema. German eighties horror. I need to uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, der fan. Der yeah. fan. Love it. <laughs> yes. So yes, it came to this. It sure did. That was a good one. This was good. Uh I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Yes. Thank you. We'll hit you guys up next time. Yeah.